Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Okay, so last night, my anniversary, go home. My wife made a wonderful dinner. All my favorite things sat down after having a great meal, turned on the television, got ready to watch the debate. I repeat the analogy that I gave just a couple minutes ago. If aliens in a spaceship had decided to land at Cathedral Square last night, right around 8 o'clock, and suddenly they decided to tap into broadcast networks, radio or television, if they watched an hour, and, and I admit I had to turn it off after an hour. I had, I could not take it more than an hour. Uh, I'm convinced those aliens would have immediately gotten back into the spaceship and started heading back to wherever they came from, convinced that there is no intelligent life on, on Earth. I, I Here is the deal. I, I just, it was, it was a poop show in the extreme. I do not know any other way to... Describe it, and as I was saying a couple minutes ago, I, I I'm, I'm a creature of, of debate. I was big into high school debate. I was on the college. I was on the national debate team. We traveled all over the country debating. When I was in law school, I was what I was on what they called the moot court team, which is essentially de- debate in, in law school. Went on to be a trial lawyer. Went on to be a radio talk show host. I mean, I I just I value. I love. Good debates. I love the exchange of ideas. And and by the way, I understand that sometimes in debates you get cheap shots and things like that. You get efforts to be funny, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So I appreciate all that. I appreciate the give and take. What you saw last night, in my opinion, was an absolute low. It was a complete and total disgrace. And if you read a lot of the commentary going on across the world, that that's that's what you're seeing from other nations' leaders. My goodness, we are, we are, if not the only remaining superpower in the world today, we are one of a handful of superpowers in the world today. And and that's that. What happened yesterday is how we decide our leaders. I thought it was nothing short of disgraceful as as a general rule. All right, now if, if you've been a regular listener to this program, you know. Over the last several years, I have run hot and cold on President Trump. I, I I was not a fan of President Trump when he was running four years ago. There's all sorts of stuff about him personally that has always put me off. I didn't like him when he was on The Apprentice. I, I didn't like the, the sort of brash New York real estate developer. I, I didn't like any of, of that stuff. And at the same time, I didn't like Hillary Clinton. So I, I understand that was the choices we had in 2016. I hoped against hope that when President Trump was elected in 2016, he would you know, grow into the job, I guess, is, is the best way that I could put it. He, he won. And I hoped he would reach out and try to figure out ways to broaden his appeal, a lot like Ronald Reagan did, for example, when he was elected in 1980, you know, but broaden the base, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that has not happened over the last couple years. And I acknowledge, and I said at the time, maybe I was being a little bit naive because Typically, when you, I don't know, when when you hit 70, my guess is you kind of are what you are, and President Trump's personality was his personality. So I, I, 
people look at this and you say, okay, well, we, we understand he's obnoxious. We understand that he's just narcissistic. We understand all this, but we agree with his policy. So boom, you know, we're, we're going to overlook those things. And, and that's, that is all, that, that's all well and good. And, and that's fine. And then there's, of course, last night there was questions about Joe Biden. We talked about this yesterday. My big question was, okay, it, it, does Joe Biden still have his fastball or does he at least still have his change up? You know, is he, is he up to being the leader of the free world at the age of at the advanced age of 77 or, or 78? So those were all the questions that, that were out there and, and hoping to be answered. I thought President Trump's debate performance was awful yesterday. I, I just I thought it was awful. And you, I'll give you a chance to disagree with me in a minute. But I, he obviously had developed a strategy that he was just going to be a, a bulldozer. I mean, he was going to be aggressive to the point that he, he wasn't going to answer questions from the moderator, that he was going to interrupt. I mean, clearly, I, I think he probably perceived that th- these polls, there's a degree of accuracy there, and that he had to kind of shake up the race by just attacking and attacking and attacking and trying to fluster Joe Biden. I, I think that's what the, the effort was. Here, I'm going to be really aggressive. I'm going to be really attacking. And I'm going to try to show that you are not up to that. Now, by taking that strategy, what you essentially do is you you make yourself come across as, as a bully. And that's what I thought he came across as, sort of this kind of out-of-control bully. Our number Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I don't know if anybody won the debate last night, but I thought the president's performance was just appalling. I, I, I don't. I, I, it had to have been a strategy. You would not, in my opinion, have come out and been that aggressive and been that overbearing and been that bullying if it wasn't a strategy designed to, I don't know, fluster your opponent. If that was, in fact, the strategy, I, I don't think it worked. If the idea was that you are trying, you were trying to convince some of those people who might be persuadable, here, Joe Biden is not fit for your vote. He's not fit to be the president. Here, um, vote for me. If that was the strategy, I think it failed miserably. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I guess it was just particularly aggravating to me. And and if Joe Biden had taken that same strategy, I, I think I would be saying that the same thing. It was the, I'm not going to answer questions. I'm going to be bullying. I'm going to be argumentative. I am going to interrupt. I'm not going to play by the rules of the debate. I don't think that helped the president yesterday. 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want you to understand, my my job here is to call them as I see them. And, And I understand that there's some people who just have blinders on one way or the other. I'd never vote for Donald Trump. I'd never vote for Joe Biden. Okay, I respect all that. I'm just saying for somebody who really appreciates the value of good debate and who makes a living discussing different policies, last night was an embarrassment. And I, I think the, the president just, 
I think the president really, if it was his strategy to come out and be aggressive and obnoxious and to try to throw Joe Biden off his game, it was a strategy that was ill-considered and it failed miserably. Okay, let's start with Christina in Hartford. Christina, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Um, So I'm calling in as the white suburban mom that everyone is so concerned about. Um, I think he did just fine last night. Both actually, well, I think Trump did great. I think Biden did fine. Um, This is Donald Trump we're talking about. I was not surprised. Um, He is a bit of a bully. Um, I think that goes a long way for getting what he has gotten done for our country. I don't like it as a person. If he was a person standing next to me, I wouldn't appreciate it. Mm Um, but he's running our country and he's doing a really good job. So no, he didn't play, a, you know, according to all the rules of our past presidential debates, um, but I didn't mind it at all. Okay, Christina, were you planning to vote for President Trump before the debate? So were you a Trump supporter going in? I was, but I did not vote for him the first time. Okay. Do you think that there is anything that could have happened in the debate last night that would have changed your position, or was it just, hey, this is I, I'm I'm a committed Trump supporter. Boom, and nothing that he says or does is going to change that. Well, I don't think that there's too much that he can say as far as coming off a personality that would change my mind. It's really his policy and his track record that's important to me. Um, And I I just have too much evidence that I've seen that he's done a great job. Okay, good enough. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. And I guess that that goes to my point that I, I understand that there are there are a large number of people that are locked in on either side and it, it just it just doesn't matter there's people as i always say who think donald trump is the greatest thing since canned beer and there's other people who think he's the antichrist and and they're not going to change that that position and and i recognize that and people get to vote how they want as far as the the people and i don't know if it's 2% of the audience or 5% of the audience or 10% of the audience who might be legitimately undecided or what they call persuadable I, i'm just saying if if you went into that saying gee i don't know who i i want to be president i don't believe president trump helped himself last night and and candidly there were just aspects that i found to be cringeworthy that and again i'm i understand biden said some stuff that you know you kind of cringe about too but at the same time biden was provoked and and that's obviously what president trump intended to do i want to provoke him into calling me a clown i want to provoke him into telling me to shut up etc cetera, etc cetera. but in the scheme of things i don't think most people thought that biden's reaction was over the top and you know i mean i'm trying to put myself in biden's position and again for Forget the, the politics of it. If I'm in a debate and I have somebody who's arguing with the moderator and talking over me and not allowing me to answer questions, I, I'm I'm going to say something like that, too. Vincent on the northwest side. Vincent, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, last night's so-called debate was a slap, slap against democracy and a slap against the American people. The fact is Donald Trump's strategy was... Um, I'm losing, so I'm going to come in and, and just uh, I'm just going to turn the table over. That's exactly what he thought. I'm going and to burn so down the house. Yeah. Chris, yeah. yeah, exactly. So so he ran over Chris Wallace. Uh, even Chris Wallace was frustrated, you know. And, and and so, but the fact is, is that the people that support Donald Trump need to understand we're at a very very dangerous point in America. We have a sitting president, sitting president saying he will not accept. 
He will not, if he loses, he will not accept the will of the people. Mm-hmm. And, and then he and, and then he does these dog whistles talking about yeah well you know uh, when they talk about the Proud Boys he's talking about hey hey uh, stand back uh, and stand uh, by or something I don't even know what the hell ready. that means I don't know what that means yeah I'm like why would you say well, something well, like that it, it, well obviously it sounds like hey it's going to be it, it sounds like a threat to me yeah I, it sounds directly like a threat to me that hey if he loses it's going to be trouble yeah. and, and 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 so so we have a president who basically. It's threatening Americans that hey, if the vote doesn't go his way, that you know that that's a dangerous, not a dangerous situation. That's a dangerous person, yeah. and so and, and so to say that hey, well you know he's fine and I support him and he's done well, uh, you know I'm I'm sorry you know to just to, to, to sit up there and say he, he to can't say that he he doesn't support uh, a white supremacist and and and. And, and things of that sort, and not even say nay. I, I, I right. disagree with them. I, I, yeah, yeah, Vincent. I, I, I see you're I, right. I, to me, that was a softball. Okay, I mean th- that's a softball. What you do is you you say, of course I denounce white supremacist groups. It's appalling. I denounce them, and I, I need. I, I I want. I don't want any cooperate. They should stay away from these events. You say that, and then you launch into your Antifa stuff. You, I, I was I was waiting for that answer from the president. I'm like, really? I mean, just just say it and then you know move on and do your spiel and for whatever reason he couldn't say it it was frustrating nothing and the, and, the, and the only winners last night only winners last night was was russia china and north korea the people that hate us the most these individuals they were the winners last night because democracy was basically shot down in the dirt and it stomped on last night well th- thanks for coming i i do think it is fair to say i mean i i think I think the reaction of a lot of people, including a lot of people overseas who were watching overseas who were watching that, had, had to be okay. This is this is the last remaining superpower in the United States and, and in, the, in the world, and, and this this is what is going on, and, and these exchanges. And like I say, I think I, I got to believe it was a strategy that President Trump had come up with. I got to believe it was a strategy, and now it, it kind of played into his personality. But I. In my opinion, if it was a strategy, it was a strategy that did not work. Now, is it possible maybe that, that Joe Biden could have crumbled and could have cringed, etc.? Maybe, but man, I, I'm telling you, if if there are persuadable voters out there, I'm not sure that Pres- I don't believe President Trump did anything to bring them over to his side. And in Lamira, and you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi there. Hi. Um, I just believe that last night was a whole new low. It is a perfect uh, example of how this country will never recover from this type of behavior. And when I consider how so many people support him, quote unquote, because of his policies or how he's run the country, that is selling out and that is accepting immature, ridiculous behavior that I just cannot comprehend. Okay, and, 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 let, me, and let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. I have a text here, and it, and it says, Biden told the president of our United States to shut up. I believe that was absolutely despicable. Now, he did tell the president to shut up. How would you respond to that texter? I agree that that is also unacceptable. However, when you look at what preceded that comment, yeah. I don't know how there was no other way to tell him to right. play fair. <laughs> no, 
No, I, I think. I, and again, I, we should expect more out of our leaders. Thank, thanks. So I, I, I actually agree. I mean, I'm, and look, I'm seeing some of the spin saying, "Well, look at what Biden said, and look at what Biden said here and there." And 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 I, I mean, I, I did. I understand. He called him a liar. He called him a clown. Uh, but at the same time, that was it was clearly provoked. That was what President Trump was trying to provoke that response. And and he got the response. And I guess I, I was looking that and I'm thinking, you know, if I was Joe Biden, I, I, I might have said the same sort of things, you know, in the face of that sort of provocation. I think now some people are, are criticizing Chris Wallace. I I personally think the guy should have gotten hazard pay. I mean, it, just just hazard pay for for dealing with something like that. You know, I, I will. Somebody texted me and they actually have a good idea. What one of the things you know, moving forward, you know, when they set up these debates, if the time limit is two minutes, wouldn't it be interesting if after your two minutes are up, they cut off your microphone and then you don't get your microphone turned on again until it's your turn to speak? At least that way, if you do something like that, it stops the it stops the train wreck sort of stuff that was going on. And, and look, I I like I like a free exchange of ideas. I, I get it. And I actually don't even mind if the debate had been, we're just going to put these two people up on the stage and we're just going to let them go after each other. O- okay, that, that would be fine. But that wasn't what the rules of the debate were. We are obviously going to continue this. I, I mean, I just thought it was a poop show. I believe that it was a strategy that President Trump concocted. And honestly... I don't think the strategy worked. What do you think? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We continue the conversation next. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Rosie in Illinois. Rosie, good afternoon. Hi there. I'm on. I've got you on speaker. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Don't go away. Don't go away. There you are. Okay. Thank you for taking my call. I listen to you guys as much as I can. Super. Thank you. Okay. I do not care for the liberal, um, a big government that the Democratic Party has in general provided. I voted for Trump only because I didn't want the Democrats and Hillary to be running the country. Right. I didn't approve. I think it was horrible. I think everything you said describing last night is accurate. Um, it was interesting that at 821, he finally said, shut up to the president, you know, Biden. But then again, Trump would not give him the respect and allow him to speak. I think if he had been quiet and shown some self-control, he might have still made a good impression. Did you? I'll tell you. See, I'm not. See, I'm not sure. It's it's interesting, Rosie. You you say if he had been quiet and showed some self-control, I'm not sure that 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 was. I I think he went in there intending to be kind of the the bull in the china shop and be disruptive. I'm not sure it was a lack of self-control. I think it just might have been a strategy that this is this is what I'm going to do. Now I'm just questioning. I I don't think that worked. yeah. Yeah. Okay, but let me ask you this. Is, is, no, is, is that going to change your vote? I mean, are, are you... Are, no, no. So who are you going no. to vote for? I don't like, I don't support the Democrats. Okay. I, did you notice how he was talking about, about how Biden had all those things he was going to have, have happen? And finally, Chris Wallace finally said, and how are you going to pay for it? Sure. He finally got the question in, but Biden didn't answer that question because I, that's why I don't care about the Democrats. You know, okay. I don't need the government telling me what to do in every single part of my life and doing it for me. I just want to share one more thing real quick and then I'll get off. The school teacher in me noticed that when 
the moderator announced the next area that they were going to be topic, talking about, Biden went right down and right began to write notes down on a piece of paper that he had pen and paper with him. So the school teacher in me tells me he had notes ready and memorized, and he wrote them down probably, I'm not a debate person, but he may have written them down to remember to say those points, to remember to look at the camera when he addressed them, because he did that so smoothly. Yeah. And, okay, um, so my question to you would be, you know, so, I mean, I, I, just to, I mean, like, I'm sitting here, and I've got all these papers scattered in front of me, and I frequently make, like, a little note about something that, that somebody says, yeah. and I, and so, I, I mean, I make a note right. to remind me that I, I want to say that, or something clever comes to, what right. I think is clever comes to mind, and I make the little note that just kind right. of reminds me that I want to, otherwise I'm going to forget about it, you know? Okay, thanks. I mean, I guess I I'm not, I'm not sure, I guess I'm not sure. Yeah, Biden was taking notes, but as somebody who ha- has participated in those things and who's moderated debates and stuff like that, I, I mean, I, I, I will jot notes down. It's like, okay, and, and I do it on a daily basis. Gee, that remember, I remind me of myself to make a point when I finish, when I finish with the caller or when I come back after the break or whatever. Now, Rosie does raise an interesting question, and that is whether or not debates matter at all. I mean, is, is there anybody really that watched that debate last night that, that says, Okay, I'm going to change my vote because of it. And, and I don't think so. Look, I'm, I'm not naive. I, I understand people are locked in. I do think the dynamic, and I understand some people don't want to hear about polls. Don't tell me about the polls. Not, you stick your fingers in your ears. But I, I think, I, I think the president perceives that he is behind in this race. And as I have said, Many, many times, if it weren't for the pandemic, if it weren't for COVID-19, this would be a much different election year. And I think it would be more likely than not that President Trump would be reelected. COVID-19 has changed everything, at least in, in my opinion. I think he went into that debate thinking that he was behind, that he needed a game changer, that he needed to show that Joe Biden wasn't up to the task. And that's why it was a strategy to do what he did. I'm just arguing that I think among that 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 percentage of voters who might be persuadable, and I, again, I don't know how big that percentage is. I, I don't think he helped himself. All right, let's talk to Susan in Janesville. Susan, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yes, I just wanted to quote, um, as a 70 year old woman, the William Buckley firing line, renowned conservative. Sure, I remember firing ago. line. Yes, and I loved listening to him. Very insightful very um, conservative, and he quoted (laughs) that if Donald Trump ever tries to run for president and gets in office, people better leave the country and lifeboats out in the Atlantic. (laughs) That's his quote. And I can tell you that Trump has driven me out of the Republican Party, and I'm a lifelong Republican. For four years, I'm equally discouraged by the lack of courage of our fine Republican other leaders to stand up to him, they excuse him and reason away things that are not to be excused away. And that is equally troubling, especially when there's some bright younger lights in the party. Yeah. 
Well, I, I do think if if President Trump loses in November, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what the direction of the Republican Party is. And, and I can tell you there's going to be all sorts of articles saying, look, it's the end of the Republican Party. No, I, I don't believe that at all. I, I think if he loses, what you're going to see is, is all sorts of rising stars and, and people maybe reverting back more to some of the traditions of the Republican Party that, that attracted you for most of your life. Um, I don't, I, I, yeah, I, we have I don't a know. Lot to because he has ruined many things by his character. We need decency and decorum and dignity in the Oval Office. He is incapable of it. He has proved that for four years, and his that overwhelms any good positive policies from him. Did you watch the debate last night, Susan? Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. I did every minute of it. Yeah, and, I, and I went back to all the networks. Um, I usually watch if I cannot C-SPAN, and then I went all the networks to try to get um, different opinions. So yeah. I'm very open-minded. But I can tell you that that was a disaster because it was Trump in his true colors. It wasn't a debate, and I was very glad that you told your history of debating. Right. I was going to challenge WTMJ to call some debate coaches on. It couldn't be a debate because he was a bully. And I don't blame um, <laughs> Wallace. He tried. Oh, I, 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 I mean, right. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's only so much you can do. And, and I, you know, over the years, Susan, I, I participated in candidate debates, but I've also moderated them. And there, there's only, as, as a moderator, especially when you're dealing with the former vice president and the president of the United States, there, there's only, you can only be so aggressive. You know, it, it, you've got to try to, and you, you sort of count on the participants to try to rein themselves in and follow the rules. Like like I say, I, I think wouldn't it have been interesting if after two minutes they turn off your microphone? Would That would have that would have really made for some interesting <laughs> theater. And also in defense of Wallace, he did, toward the end, give 30 seconds more because Biden asked for it when Trump had taken it by all the interruptions. So I think he tried... Yeah, I, I don't fault the moderate. No, I'm with you. No, so that, I, really, I, I don't fault. That's lastly, the no, go, go ahead. Biden was justified in his calling him names after he what he had to take. Well, no, thanks. I I would I would say that under under normal circumstances, under normal circumstances, if you have a challenger for for let's put parties out of it that goes on a debate stage and calls the president of the United States a, a clown and a liar and tells him to shut up. Under normal circumstances, I would agree that the, the reaction would be you're, you're way out of line. You've got to show some respect for the office. In, in this particular case last night, I, I think I think Biden was provoked. And in all honesty, I guess when I was watching this, I. I I, I just I, I was thinking, man, if that had been me, I would have probably said the same thing. And I might have thrown in a couple words that you can't say on the radio uh, along with it, which is clearly, I think, what President Trump was trying to do, was trying to goad Biden into a response. James in Milwaukee. James, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Been a listener to your show maybe since the beginning of the year. And I just want to touch on that text that you mentioned a little while ago. With all due respect, I don't think you're one of the far leftist people I've ever run across. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you very okay. much. I don't think no, I, I don't I, think I, too I, many people would say that either. But thanks. <laughs> no, no, and I, you know, hey, that's good. That's what makes this country what it is when there is open discourse and exchange of ideas. Now, I want to touch on everyone's outrage and you know calling it a sh. You know what show that went on last night? Why is there any shock in this? There were 63 million of us plus in this country that saw this from the day he came down the escalator. This is who he is. 
When you talk about tense negotiations that he, you know, he probably did feel some pressure. He said it in interviews, you know, I'm probably going to lose. Nobody loves me. He reads polls. He, he, he knows the writing on the wall. So he's pressed and he's cornered and he came out fighting last night. Yep. The thing that makes him suspect as a leader is this could take place in other venues, other negotiations with terrible consequences. Okay. This is why his personality is important, not just his policies. And I just hope that the small shred percentage of undecided voters out there saw this with clarity last night. Well, thank, thanks for the call, James. I, I do. And again, I'm, I'm, I believe we're getting hundreds of texts on this, and I understand some people aren't happy with my particular position. But one of the things I do is I try to call them like I see them. And I I thought there were opportunities there last night. I just I think it was a strategy. I think the the strategy failed. President Trump, I believe, was kind of looking for a game changer. And again, you you can perhaps argue that, you know, if it were and I I believe this is true, if, if it were not for covid, you know, we would be talking about just a booming economy. I mean, COVID came in and was a complete and total game changer. And, you know, if, if we had the, the levels of employment that we had and all that, and and in all honesty, too, I, I'm still I'm listening to Joe Biden and I'm not hearing what Biden would have done materially differently than what Trump did. I, I just I, I'm still he, he's like, well, OK, I think people should wear masks. OK, that, that's fine. But he's backed off a, a national man mask mandate and stuff. I'm not sure back in February or March that I've heard anything that Joe Biden would have done differently than President Trump did, except perhaps show a little bit more empathy. But I don't know that that would have changed where we are. So in some respects, I think Biden is getting a free ride on the fact that people are unhappy that, you know, the, the president's response was what the president's response was to covid so I, I get that whole thing but at the same time covid is with us and you know rightly or wrongly fairly or unfairly president trump is bearing uh, i think the public's reaction to the fact that you have this pandemic which is still not under control and i said understand some people think it's it's overhyped at whatever but Look, people are, in fact, getting sick, and I don't know that there's anything the president could have done or any president could have done, whether it was Obama or President Bush or President Clinton or President Reagan or President Kennedy. It, it's just I'm not sure that that could have been any different. And to an extent, like I say, Biden is getting a pass because I'm not hearing what he would have done differently. But nevertheless, it happened on Trump's watch. All right. Back with more in just a minute. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, I'm going to read just the, the last dozen texts I've got. Just, just I, w- I want to give you some insight as to what it's like to um, do my job. Okay, uh, Jeff, it is so obvious to me that you are a flaming Biden lover. Okay, Jeff, <laughs> how much respect for the office do you expect when the office holder shows no respect for the office he holds? Um, Jeff, uh, let's see. It was like the all-star wrestling with Crusher and the Mad Dog, and Gene is the moderator. There was a bit of all-star wrestling. Oh, I want to get you pencil neck geeks. I, I, there, there was, there was a little bit of all-star wrestling or, or WWE that that was in there. There's no question about it. Uh, Jeff, Trump. 
Trump behaved like a bully and Biden sat there and just told lie after lie. I didn't care for the performance of either one of them. However, that being said, after four years of what he had to deal with, I'm surprised Trump has not had an explosion like that long before this. I guess my only comment on that would be, you know, I, I've seen the president explode on a lot of other things as well. And and look, I, I understand the, the the news media, for example, the mainstream media has baited him from the beginning. There, there's just no there is no doubt about it. When I'd watch those those COVID-19 press conferences and stuff that the, the press would bait him because they knew that he would end up taking the debate. Jeff, if anybody expected a typical debate, they are an idiot. These two guys have no business running our country. We're in trouble when we can't get better people to run for office. The two-party system is doomed to fail. Um, Jeff, it's bad enough that we had to listen to watch the debate last night. Now we have to listen to it on the radio all day. Is there not anything else to talk about? Well, yeah, there's lots of other stuff to talk about, and we will do that over the course of the uh, day. Um, Jeff, you're a better person than I am. I only made it 30 minutes last night. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm. Th- that's that's it. Um, Jeff, Trump has taken so much crap the second he was elected how much money has democrats costed in the usa in the four years trying to run him out of office it's been four years and trump has been crucified by the democrats and the media that's why all the action um that's out there um you know um I don't know. What can you say? Uh, in jet, last night's deplorable food fight, old Joe lobbed some of the tapioca he was gumming at Trump while Donald dumped an entire Thanksgiving dinner on Biden. It, it, there, there was, there was this kind of element of, of just kind of the, the animal house movie food fight that was kind of going on. And I admit, like I say, I'm just, I, I'm watching this kind of, was it, was it different than I expected? No, I, I guess not. You know, on Wisconsin's afternoon news yesterday, Eric Bilstadt was filling in for John McCure, and, and one of the, the questions they asked people was, What's, what are you going to be watching the debate? What are you going to be looking for? And, and lots of people said, well, we just expect it's going to be a train wreck, and we want to see it. And the truth is, um, I, think, I, I think it was a train wreck. I think that that's, that's how this happened. Uh, Jeff. President Trump wanted to inter- interrupt so much that he would force either the meet Wallace, the mediator, the media, or Joe to walk away in disgust. It didn't work. Instead, he came across as a bully and a jerk. I can't imagine a single uncommitted voter who was swayed Trump's way last night. Well, that's that's the question. If there were any persuadable voters out there who actually watched the, the debate. Would they have come around to President Trump's side? And I, I don't know who that would have been now. If people are committed to voting for President Trump, are they still committed? You know, ab- absolutely, because I don't think what happened last night mattered one way or the other. I just think it was bad for democracy. That's just me. Back with more in just a minute. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. I had the strangest experience today driving in to work and I want to share it with you because I, I have had similar experiences over the course of my lifetime and they, they stay with me vividly and I, 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 I wrestle with this kind of metaphysical question about is is it just just kind of dumb luck or are 
is there a God? Are there angels? Whatever. I, I've told this story before in the past, but not for a while. I had this experience when I was in college. And as I was saying earlier, I was on the national debate team, and we had a bunch of we, we had a weekend off. And what was happening is uh, an area high school hired me and a bunch of my other my teammates to to go and, and drive on a Saturday morning and go and and judged at a high school debate tournament. So I, at the time I was driving, I had a 1970 Chrysler Newport, which was, we used to call it the land yacht. It's one of the, the biggest cars ever made. I, and so I, I have it, but that's okay. I, you know, my dad gave it to me. I have it in college. So we're driving early one Saturday morning through Iowa on this two-lane road. And it was one of those days where it, 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 had, it had rained the night before, so there was some, like, glare ice and all. And I'm driving. There's seven people crammed in, in the car. This is a long time ago. And I hit this patch of glare ice and the car I lose control the car spins around on its two-lane road and we're going around and around in, in circles and finally I get the car under control and everybody in the car is going hey great do it again and I'm sitting there thinking man we could have just all died and I swear true story coming the other way is a, an old home bread truck old home was kind of like the wonder bread of the area and, and it's coming the other way and if if I had spun that car out five seconds earlier that that truck would have hit us. That's just that's just the reality. And I I mean like it, it. So I keep thinking, you know, if that if that truck driver had taken an extra five seconds instead of sitting and having that extra cup of coffee or that extra sip of coffee, just a sip of coffee, or or kissing his daughter on the forehead before he walked out, just if he had been there five seconds earlier, you know, I wouldn't be here on the radio decades later telling you this story. It's just. It's weird how that that happens. So my story this morning, true story, I'm getting on, I get on the freeway to to come here. So I'm driving on the freeway where I get on, the speed limit is um, 70 miles an hour. So I I pull, and I'm not even, this is, it's just what happens. I, I, I pull onto the freeway and there is a truck in front of me. The truck is in the right lane, and the truck is going like 62, 63 miles an, an hour. And it's one of these trucks that it, it's a big truck, but it's got an open top. And I guess I didn't notice this at the time, but there's like stuff that's piled up over the top of, of the truck. I, I really wasn't noticing that. I've just gotten on, and I, I happened to... Under normal circumstances, I would have just followed along. But I, I looked, I saw, hey, this, this, the truck is driving five miles under the speed limit. So I pull into the left lane and I start to pass the truck. Right as I am getting past the truck, so I'm now like just slightly in front of it. I'm in the left lane. The truck is in the right lane. We start going under. There, there's an overpass that goes over the freeway. All of a sudden, I hear this loud smash. And I look in my rearview mirror, and I see big chunks of metal that are flying on the side. Well, what happened is the truck was overfilled, and the truck is going under this freeway overpass, and it it just the, the stuff that was piled over the top has hit the overpass, and there's there's metal flying all over, and I'm watching this big giant sheet of metal come flying, and and it hits behind me where my car was. A second ago, two seconds ago. I mean, it's really, it's, it's kind of freaky. And then, of course, I'm looking in my rearview mirror. Thankfully, there wasn't a car on my tail. So I see cars behind me, but they're able to kind of pull into the, the sort of the right lane and get around it. There, there was not, at least, there, there was not a collision. But I, I've been sitting here all morning thinking, you know, if, if I had not made that decision to pull around and pass the, the truck, 
Um, I would have clearly, and I've been that behind that truck, this stuff would have hit the, the overpass and, and that metal would have come down on me. Um, and now, who knows what it would have done, but I was seeing some big chunks of metal coming down. Certainly, that hits your windshield. It, it's, it, it's, it's going through your windshield. Similarly, I'm in this left lane. If I had been a, a second or two later, I mean, if I just made that decision or hadn't accelerated up to 72 or whatever I did, just a couple seconds later, metal would have been flying and it would hit me when I was next to the truck. It, it's just, it, I, I'm, and I, all morning I've been sitting there thinking, okay, I don't know. Is is it just happenstance and dumb luck? Do you have angels on on your shoulder that that do things like that? Our number eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I look. I understand there's the debate. I understand there's COVID. We'll talk about COVID a little bit later on. And I don't mean to be too metaphysical, but I, I've been thinking about this all, all morning. And my guess is that you have, at some point in time in your life had something like that happen to you that this idea that you know if if i had been somewhere five seconds earlier if i had been somewhere five seconds later the outcome would be dramatically different and and maybe you would have died or, or maybe you would have been seriously injured or or, or whatever or, or maybe Maybe it's the flip side. You know, you, you delayed five seconds and you had this bad thing happen. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you had something like this happen? And again, this is, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't have the answers. I mean, you could just say, okay, it's just statistics, Jeff. It's just, it's nothing but dumb luck. Or it could be that, that angel on your shoulder. I I guess I've had these things happen enough that I, I kind of do believe that there's, there, there is that angel on your shoulder every once in a while. But I understand if, if people want to say, oh, it's just the law of averages, Jeff. But I don't know. Law of averages or angel on my shoulder. I'm really lucky I'm here behind this microphone today because, like I say, two seconds later, um, it, it could have been a completely different story. We discuss in a minute. If you're on the line, please hold on. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. I, I know it sounds silly, but I, I just, I, I've had too many things like what happened to me today happen to just completely chalk it up to just dumb luck and, and odds. And I, and I understand you, you can do that. I, I just, I, whenever things like this happen, I, I find myself thinking of guardian angels. And I think, okay, it's, is it my, my late mom or my, my late wife? You know, are, are they saying, it's not your time yet, Jeff. <laughs> so we're, we're going to encourage you to pass that truck and we're going to get you passed. I know that sounds silly, but I find myself thinking of these things. Holly in Kenosha. Holly, you're on WTMJ. Jeff, thank you so much for taking my call. Hi. Your experience in Iowa and your experience today Somebody is looking over your shoulder, and I'm going to tell you, in January of 2017, I was driving northbound on I-94 in Kenosha, coming from the Chicago suburbs, when my car died at 7 o'clock in the morning. A lady hit my brain-dead car. What really happened was the lady behind me got away from me. The other two cars could not at that rate of speed, 70 mile an hour, and all three cars were totaled. Had my car been running at that rate of speed, I wouldn't be here talking to you, Dal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just, and, it, and yeah. it's just freaky that, you mean, you had no indication that your car was going to die. It was just something that came out of the clear blue. 
No, I, no. Well, I knew the engine right. light had been on for you know a long time, but you don't expect that your car's going to die in the middle of I ninety four northbound at Kenosha and in the middle lane at seven o'clock in the morning. Even at that hour, even if I wanted to, I couldn't move over right. at that with that traffic pattern. Even if I wanted to, but that is what happened. My car was brain dead, and because of that, that is why I am alive being able to have the good fortune to listen to you and all of your colleagues at WTMJ and listen and learn and take notes. And so I'm glad your two experiences that you're alive. And by the way, happy and healthy anniversary to you and Fran. Many more and good health. and Thank you very much, Holly. I I appreciate that. And sounds like we both have angels on our shoulders. Let's talk to Kathleen in Waukesha. Kathleen, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, good evening, Jeff. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I know, exactly. That's exactly what I could say. I have two very different stories, but angels, total angels on all the shoulders. The first one I can tell you real quick was, it was even prior to when that doctor um, was killed on the expressway um, with a tire. Right, yeah, the, t- right the, t- the tire bounces. It, it comes off the car yeah. who's going like southbound or northbound and bounces into the other lane. Yeah, I remember that, sure. So my husband and I are going eastbound. We're on um, 124th Street. Uh, Capitol and 124th, but we're going eastbound on Capitol. And if you know the area, it's a target, a real dark, like, railroad station crossing. And as we're driving down, all of a sudden, I don't know what it was. I think it might have been raining. All of a sudden, we saw this. It looked like a bag, or we thought it was a bag. And all of a sudden, it just, I glass everywhere Yeah. on my side. Wow. This huge sound. So what happened was a lady coming westbound lost her back left tire. It bounced. It hit our car, it hit the windshield, flew over our car, and landed at that time. There was a Starbucks on that corner. Okay? Yeah. So it might not have just hurt us. It could have right. hurt people walking, correct? Right. So luckily, we talked to the lady. Luckily, I am still here, and we, we just still taught, you know, my husband and I have been married 41 years. To We have a lot of stories, right? But this one just takes your yeah. breath away. And you think but, about it, you remember it, and my guess is you remember that 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 experience today, you remember it like it was yesterday. It just never leaves you. It's a sound, yeah. right? It's a sound. It's a view. One other thing that happened is one time I was driving on the expressway. It was nighttime. Uh, we, I was driving with a friend. We were driving around the old, um, I forgot the name of the curve right now, but it was a 94. But anyhow, we were driving, and I, I was just going to go to my right lane. I was in the center. I was starting to put my directionals on, and I heard a sound. Again, sound. And it sounded like somebody gunning it. And I stopped, and here came this white Bronco, believe it or not, with no lights on, flying past me. And as I looked at my rear bear mirror, there were 25. I counted them because I had to pull over. 25 squads chasing. Wow. <laughs> so if I, yeah. you know, so these are the kind of things you think, wow, like you said, you know, if I had gotten in my car a little later or if I had to clean off my windshield because it was winter or right. like you said, right? Just a couple seconds. You stop. No, thanks. For, again, I, and I just, thanks for the call. I, I just, it, it's, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm getting flooded with texts about this. Jeff, we were getting off 794 at Howard. We were stopped at the red light. My husband was messing with the radio and did not go when the light turned green for a few seconds. Then he started to go. Here comes a car flying that went through the red light, so he slammed on the brakes. If not for the radio or the angels or whatever, we would have gotten hit at a very high rate of speed. 
Um, Jeff, divine intervention is real. A friend and I were driving from Appleton to Green Bay. We were behind a truck when, uh, with a ladder in the back. For absolutely no reason, my friend switched lanes. Seriously, no reason. The second we switched, the ladder flew out. We were in a Camaro and are certain it would have come through the windshield if we hadn't done that. This was almost 20 years ago, and it still feels like uh, today. Um, Jeff, I live in Milwaukee County. I was driving in downtown Menasha with a friend. At night, I'm at an intersection where I plan to make a right turn. As I step on the gas pedal, the car conked out. Shortly after, was a car coming straight through the intersection from my left. My friend and I agreed it was the work of the angels. Um, well, you know, there... Again, some people choose to not believe that, and I, I I respect that. I just don't know. I think it's it's happened to me enough that I don't know. A truck driver, Jeff. I'm a truck driver for more than 25 years. Going down Highway 41 in Illinois, flashed lights for a truck passing me to come back um, over after passing me. Half a mile later, a drunk walks in front of him. Always wondered if that truck would have not been there. Would I have been the one who hit them? Um, yeah, you just you, you think about this. Jeff, similar experience following a truck with a poorly secured ladder changed lanes. Ten seconds later, the ladder was airborne. I've never followed a, a truck with ladders since. Um, yeah, I mean, there there is that. Um, and it goes on and on and on about this. Jeff, for every luckily example like you relate, there are unlucky people who were killed in accidents. Um, they just uh, they do not believe in angels. Okay, well, all right, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. And I, look, I understand that bad stuff happens to people, and there's no explanation for that. And you hate bad stuff happening to you know good people, but. I still believe that there are angels on people's shoulders, and I'm, I believe I'm living proof of that. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This is interesting. And a call a little bit audible. We're going to talk about COVID numbers in just a couple bit, bits. But th- there's a, a breaking news story involving the presidential debates. There are two more debates that are left. And and we, we spent the first hour of the program discussing this. And, and I, I, I stand by what I said. I, I think it was a poop show. I, I just and, and whether or not you think President Trump won or Joe Biden won, I, I just I, I think the American people lost. And I think the country lost when you have like world leaders looking at that. And it was just it, it was the kind of thing that I think was more appropriate for, I don't know, seventh graders on a playground or Crusher and Mad Dog going after each other in all star wrestling and in interviews trying to sell tickets to the next uh, wrestling match at the old Milwaukee Arena than it was for a discussion about who should be the next leader of the free world. I, I think it was it was just a mess. And, you know, whether you blame President Trump for that or Joe Biden for that or the moderator, Chris Wallace, although I will say I think. I think Chris Wallace did a good job of trying to get it under control. My complaint about Chris Wallace was I think his his questions tended to be wordy and, you know, it just, you know, and, and kind of explaining why he was getting there like he was doing a monologue leading up to it as opposed to just asking the question. But but that's a, that that's not the reason it got out of control. In any event, here's the deal. Here's the headline, Wall Street Journal, breaking news. Commission considers changes to format after 
raucous first debate. The Commission on Presidential Debates said it was, quote-unquote, carefully considering changes to the structure of the remaining two matchups between President Trump and Joe Biden a day after their chaotic first face-off left Republicans and Democrats rebuking the president for his deflections when asked to condemn white supremacist groups. The nonpartisan commission, which sponsors televised debates and picks the moderator, said Wednesday that it would soon announce changes to ensure a more orderly discussion of the issues, end quote. Quote, the commission is grateful to Chris Wallace for the professionalism and skill he brought to last night's debate and intends to ensure that additional tools uh, to maintain order are in place for the remaining debates, said a statement from the commission. All right. Biden and Trump campaigns did not immediately comment on the announcement. The remaining presidential debates are scheduled for October 15th and the 22nd. Operatives from both parties said the debate often devolved into chaos, with each side pointing fingers at the opposing side for being disruptive or hitting below the belt during the debate. All right. Our our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What would you do differently? What do you think could be done? Now, and, and maybe your answer is, I don't think there was any problem with what happened last night. I thought it was just great television and great entertainment, and I loved seeing the two of them go after each other. I wouldn't change a thing. Okay, that, that's, that's your answer. I might disagree with that. Matter of fact, I would disagree with that. But if you were to recommend a change, what would you do differently to make sure that what happened last night does not happen uh, again. And a couple, I'll, I'm just going to throw something out there as a discussion point, and then we can go from that. Because I want this to be open-ended. But what would you do differently to try to keep it more orderly if, if you think it should be more orderly? Now, a number of our texters in the first hour raised this point. They said, here's what I do. You know, if you've got time limits and you have two minutes to speak, what they do is they'd have a red light, and at two minutes or one minute and 50 seconds, you know, that light goes from green until yellow, and then at two minutes, that light turns red and your microphone shuts off, and then your microphone doesn't come back on again until it's your turn to speak. Now, that would stop a lot of the interruptions and a lot of the back and forth. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. In the wake of what happened last night, would you do anything differently? And and if so, what? And I, again, I if you're going to keep that format where you're going to give people an allotted period of time, I, I think shutting the microphones off and on is is probably a, a pretty good thing. You know, put them on mute, mute, mute. Put them on mute when, you know, the other person is is talking. And and don't allow them to do the steamroller over the other person. That would solve part of the problem. Otherwise, it would seem to me don't have time limits at all. Don't don't do that. If you're not going to shut off the microphones, then just go, you know, completely Go completely mad dog and just say, all right, we're, we're not going to have any rules. You know, we're going to just we'll have a moderator that throws out a topic and then the two of you can just go after each other as much as you want. 855-616-1620. That's the accurate mortgage talk and text line. Would shutting off the microphones when it's not your turn to speak, would, would that be a reasonable step if you're going to try to maintain some decorum or is what happened last night just fine? We discuss. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 
If you're just tuning in, the, the Commission on Presidential Debates has announced that they are considering making changes to the format of the remaining two debates to make sure that what happened last night doesn't happen uh, again. And I, I'm thinking that you know maybe a reasonable thing would be if you're going to have these time limits maybe a reasonable thing is okay you and, and see this this happens in organized debates i mean you get you you get a you're allotted okay two minutes or whatever the thing is and then you've got a light that says green and then when you got 10 seconds left the light turns to yellow and then it turns to red and you're supposed to stop well i mean clearly based on what we saw yesterday nobody's going to pay attention to those lights anyways, at least President Trump and former Vice President Biden aren't. So may, is the answer just to shut off your microphone? I mean, once once you hit that two minutes, maybe you give somebody an extra 10 seconds, and then boom, the microphone goes dead. Here's a text. Jeff, they need to both be wearing those shock collars. Yeah, the things that you put on your dog to get it to stop from barking. You know, it's kind of like, okay, once you go, okay, we're going to give you the warning, and at, at zero, you get just kind of a little vibration, and then after 15 seconds, seconds we turn it up to 10 zap um 855-616-1620 let's talk to ruth in elkhorn ruth you're on wtmj hello hi i'm sorry that dog collar thing is just funny um, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Both, <laughs> oh yeah both be put in soundproof booths neither one can hear what the other is saying except the world and the american people um they both given the same amount of time but if they can't I'm sorry, Ruth, your your cell phone was cutting out. Her answer was, you know, put them in soundproof booths so they can't hear what each other says. Well, here's my beef with that. I I mean, if you're going to have a debate, I I want a debate to be a, a back and forth. I mean, I, I, I you know, and if and, and if if you're not going to let everybody, if you're not going to let Joe Biden hear what Donald Trump says or vice versa, all you have is like like five minute speeches on various topics. And and to me, that's not very interesting. I, I want to see the the give and take and, and the back and forth. But there have to be there has to be at least some commitment. You can't have people talking over each other and you can't have people straying completely and totally off topic and and I'll say this you know Biden started it in the beginning when I forget what the first question was about but then you know he went into launching into some of his prepared attacks on on other sort of stuff and then the the whole thing just kind of digressed into a, a giant food fight but but I don't know I still keep coming back to the turning off the microphones once your time is up uh, Tasha in New Berlin you're on WTMJ good afternoon Hi I had something similar in mind like Ruth um, I think turning off the microphones is worthless because if you think anyone who yelled as much as the first person <laughs> did last night did, they're going to still keep yelling. It's not going to handle anything. I don't think we need basically human controls. I think we need mechanical controls. So often on game shows, you'll hear them talk about putting the other contestant in the soundproof booth. I think they need to be in booths. They can hear everything that's going on, but I think that they literally have two minutes to talk where we can hear them and then at, they'll get a yellow light that tells them they have 10 seconds for their final thoughts and then the, the right. procedure goes on so that the other person can talk for two minutes because if they can't control themselves we have to control it because as hard as it seems to believe there are those of us who really want to hear their facts their points rather right. than just watch the circus. So you don't disagree with my idea of turning off the microphones, but you think you need to take that separate step of, of putting them in the soundproof booths so that th- they're not able to just continue yelling and shouting even after the microphones have been turned off. Exactly. Huh. 
And I like the lights. I think if you've ever participated in a debate, sure. it's very common. You know what it is. You get your card or you get a light that says you have two minutes, you have one minute. So you know when to wrap up. That's fine. But at some point, we have to say, okay, your two minutes and 20 seconds are up. You turn their speaker off, so, but they're in the booth. So even if they keep yelling, we don't have to hear it. Right. What do you like about, what do you think about the idea of the electric shock collar? <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. That's just adding more to the circus. <laughs> it's really cool. Well, I was just kidding about that. But, uh, Jeff, the timed muted mic has been used in lesser debates. It works, sort of like getting locked out on Jeopardy if you buzz in too early. Short of dog collars, though, um, what are you going to do? You cannot have a repeat of that cluster, especially in a town hall format. Yeah, they've got a town hall format that's coming up. You, you I, I wonder... If if there is an audience and there's people and you're answering questions, whether whether that would make the candidates behave or be more mindful or be more respectful of each other if, if there's a large group there. But I, I do think you, you have to do you have to do something because the one thing that we saw yesterday and you can assign blame wherever you want to assign blame, but the one thing we saw yesterday was I, I think I think whatever the norms were and whatever the agreed upon rules were, you'd have people that just kind of you know, like blew through those. James in Germantown. James, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Thank you for having me on. Sure. I, uh, I I understand the perspective, you know, that uh, obviously it wasn't a, a night of high decorum. But I think that the, the, the idea that these candidates are going to engage in a respectful debate is sort of an outmoded view on modern politics. You know, this isn't without precedence. I think uh, Trump said to Hillary Clinton four years ago, you'd be in jail if I were the president. So I think a lot of the media reaction to this debate is just the the media accounting for a very poor performance by Joe Biden. The two areas that he was interrupted frequently on were one is, I mean, both were his refusal to engage with major ideas. He refused to engage with the idea that Hunter Biden has benefited from corruption, and he refused to engage with the idea that he's going to pack the court. And, and he needs to be held to account on those issues. The candidates need to be able to speak to each other and clash. So, you know, I think obviously it's ugly, but politics are ugly right now, and, and uh, the debates don't need to change because it's going to end up favoring one of the candidates. Well, thanks. That, that's an interesting perspective. But I guess the, the point is is given the dynamics now if you don't do something it it's it's just going to be nothing but a, a shouting match and maybe that's it maybe you're right that okay you know democracy is messy because democracy is messy and and, and maybe Maybe the the way to do it is to say, okay, we're going to have no rules at all. You know, we're going to put the two of them up there, and you know, we're just going to you know toss out the red meat. And the only role of the moderator is going to be, okay, right now we're talking about COVID. You got fifteen minutes. Um, go for it, and, and just sort of let it go into just a, a complete and total cage match and see what happens. I guess I I don't see I. I don't think that you could go that route. I think it would be better to put in some meaningful restraints. So instead of you have, having to have a moderator go, please, you, it's, it's not your time. Please stop talking. Please stop doing this, which is, I think it's unseemly. And I think it also just stops the process. I, I do, I, I think something to do with the microphones and things like that would be appropriate. And, and maybe you need the booths. I, I don't know. I just, 
I look back at what happened yesterday, and I think I agree with one of our callers from the first hour who said, you know, the real winner in this, it, it, it wasn't Republicans, it wasn't Democrats, it, it wasn't Biden, it wasn't Trump. I mean, the, the real winner were like a lot of the, the countries that don't like us who were looking at this and saying, you know, these people are making fools of themselves. All right, back with more in just a couple minutes. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Right. During the first hour of the program, we were discussing the, the, the debate. I was very critical of the president's performance. And somebody had texted in, and the, the thing essentially says, I, I, I can't believe you are just a complete Biden-loving lefty there, Wagner. And you, you, you've just gone over. You're as left-wing as they come, which I think is going to be a big surprise to lots and lots of people. But I, I just I try to call them like I see them. And, and here's, here, at the risk, again, of, of being accused of an uh, entire lefty, here, here's, a, here's a story I just want to offer my comment on and then we, we will discuss briefly and then we're going to move into the COVID thing. All right, here, here is the deal. In an effort to encourage voter turnouts, what's happening this year is um, Miller Park and Pfizer Forum are being designated as early voting locations before the November general election. All right, and and, and that has... Look, I mean, I I understand. On on the one hand, what's going on is Democrats want to turn out the vote in Democrat-leading areas. And the idea of let's open up Miller Park and let's open up Pfizer Forum, that will attract – the thinking is that will attract more voters. People are going to want to come in and they're going to want to see Pfizer or they want to go to Miller Park or or whatever. So it will make it easier for people to vote there – and if the it's an attraction to go, gee, it's much more exciting to go to you know Miller Park to vote than it is to you know go somewhere else to vote. It'll attract more people to come out, and if we do that in an area that leans Democratic, it will generate more Democrat ballots. So I, I understand the, the thinking behind all that, but at, at the same time, if we would all agree that you know voter turnout is is good, you know we we, we want to do everything we can at as long as it doesn't cross over into election fraud or things like that. But otherwise, we, we want to do everything we possibly can to encourage people to vote. And if if making Miller Park or making the Pfizer Forum an early voting location, all, all right, it, it's, it's tough for me, even though it has a, a tactical, arguably it might have a tactical advantage to trying to goose turnout, in this case in a heavily Democratic area, still... If people want to get out and vote, shouldn't we make it as easy for them as we possibly can, as long as you don't cross over and you don't risk, you know, having voter fraud? And and having having Miller Park or Pfizer Forum in and of itself doesn't strike me as being likely to lead to increased voter fraud. All right, so against that backdrop, story in the Journal Sentinel, uh, Dan Bice has this. The, the chairman of the state Republican Party, Andrew Hitt, who is a very nice guy, has sent a letter, I'm quoting from Bice's story, to Milwaukee officials claiming that it would be illegal to have any mascots or players at Pfizer Forum or Miller Park when they are used as early voting locations before the November election. He said in his letter that state law prohibits electioneering at such locations. A get-out-the-vote effort, presumably by using bango and the racing sausages to entice people to early voting sites, would constitute electioneering, he argued. 
All of the Bucks and Brewers athletes and mascots are, of course, beloved by their fans, so their presence at a venue is undoubtedly something of significant value. Consequently, it would be inappropriate for them to be at Miller Park or Fiserv Forum while those venues are in use as alternative absentee ballot sites. All right, the uh, city executive, uh, the, the director of the uh, city election commission, which is is kind of uh, you know a hot mess from time to time, said uh, my initial reaction is I don't know what the value a mascot would have in a parking lot as far as enticing voters somewhere. It's certainly not it's certainly nonpartisan, and I'm not telling anyone how to vote. Okay, our number eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How can I say this? If I were the director of the state Republican Party, that this is not, figuratively speaking, the hill that I would choose to die on. I, I mean, if I, it's, I understand the law says no electioneering, okay? I, which is why, you know, if you're a candidate, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be, you know, hanging outside of polling places as some candidates have done. You're not supposed to have signs supporting particular candidates outside of polling places. But at the same time, if you're doing an event at Fiserv Forum or you're doing an event at, at Miller Park, I mean, it, is there anything wrong with, with having the racing sausages? For example, if, if the brewers decide, hey, we, we want to encourage people to come out and cast their votes. We're not telling them who to vote for, but we just, you know, if, if this is something that helps inspire people to come out, it's not like we're giving away money. It's not like we're giving away ice cream cones. It's not like we're, we're buying people cigarettes. It's just, Hey, you know, we're, we're having an event at Miller Park and yes, we've got the racing sausages there. Or, you know, we, we've got Bango and we've got like the energy dancers or whatever they call them now. You know, we, we've got them at Fiserv Forum. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I don't know if the Bucks or the Brewers plan to do something like this. And, and again, I, I understand, you know, th- there is a concern. I mean, from a purely let's win the election concern, you know, that this is something that might juice the turnout in an area that tends to lead Democratic. So I I understand the principles behind this, but I swear for the life of me, I I don't see what's wrong with having Bango at Fiserv or or having the racing sausages, you know, at at Miller Park. So if somebody decides they want to come out and they, they want to cast the vote and they want to bring their kids with them and they want to pose for a picture with, uh, you know, the racing sausages. I, I actually think that might be good for democracy. Make it easier for people to vote. And it, it's not like you're, you're buying their vote, are you? Is this at all an issue that should be raised? Does it strike you that there's anything wrong with having the racing sausages or having bango, you know, at one of these events? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I guess as far as I'm concerned, if it, if without violating the law or, or, or passing or, or doing something that doesn't pass the smell test, why, you know, why, why not? 855-616-1620. What do you think? Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I I understand that when it comes to you know issues around elections, there, there are issues that are worth worth fighting over. I mean, for example, I I think. 
this challenge to the federal judge's ruling that ballots can, as long as they're postmarked by the election day, they can be counted for a week after that. I, I think that decision is wrong, and I, I, I appreciate the fact that you have the Republicans in the legislature that are fighting this. They got a setback uh, yesterday when a federal appeals court didn't rule on the merits of it, but said, Republicans in the legislature, you don't have standing. You don't have the right to challenge this decision, which presumably means as long as the governor decides that he doesn't want to fight it, um, there, there's nothing the Republicans can do. I find that hard to believe, but anyway, that, that's the state of the law. But I understand. It, that's, to me, it's an issue worth fighting because it, it can have an impact on the election and the fundamental fairness of the election. Being worried about whether you have the racing sausages at Miller Park or Bango at Fiserv when those places are being used as vote collection centers, to me, I, I just, it's like, really? This is what you want to fight over? Mike in Menominee Falls. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hey, I couldn't believe, I couldn't agree with you more, Jeff. It's like picking your battles, and this is one that they're wasting time, you know, even, in, even bringing it up in terms of, uh, you know, campaigning or electioneering. They're, they're totally wrong. you got to pick their battles, and that isn't a battle they should be going after. Well, it, again, it, it is. Look, I mean, I, I the thanks for calling. I mean, look, I, I look. We, we've over the years, and, and I, I can remember some of these elections. We, we, there was a time, number of elections ago, for people who might not recall, where there was this, this Park Avenue socialite who like helicoptered into Milwaukee, and what she was doing is she was they were driving around and they were offering cigarettes and things like that to to people, homeless people that they found or people up by the rescue mission and driving them down and getting them to vote. Okay, I I understand why that is that's a that that's a big deal. Okay, and I I understand that that's, you know, clearly to me in violation of the law that, you know, you're not supposed to give people things of value to get them to vote. So I I get that this one. I'm trying to figure out what what the the thing of value is. Okay, you've got the place designated. The city of Milwaukee has designated this as an early voting site. And then, you know, you've you you've got the racing sausages there. You've got the again, you've got Bango there. So okay, maybe if people come you you, you're gonna go down there to drop off your vote or to vote early or whatever, and maybe you bring your kids along because they get to see the racing sausages. Um you know you know, so what? Um so what? Uh, Jeff, if churches can't proselytize while they're being used as polling places, then the same standard should apply to Miller Park and Fiserv Forum. Well, I, I guess I don't understand that point. Um, it's, it's again, is, is having a mascot there that's like waving at people as they come to, to vote. Is that, is that telling people how to vote? Is it offering them, you know, something that is something in exchange for their ballot? And, and my answer would be, you know, no. Um, Jeff, ethically increasing voter turnout anywhere seems to be to be okay. This strikes me as sour grapes by fellow Republicans. If you don't like it, try being more idea creative, you know, your, yourself. And I guess that would kind of be my answer, too. I mean, I look, there, there's legitimate issues that, that have to do with election fraud and how we're going to count the ballots and who should be able to cast the ballots. And, and I think that's that's all well and good to go after and to challenge. Um, here's Mike who says, Jeff, I see nothing wrong with this. Um, if Bernie or Bango wore a Make America Great 
or riding with Biden shirt, that's an issue. And to which I would say, absolutely, it's an issue. Of course not. But that's not what's happening here. It's just another fun thing to add to the, you know, to add to the event. Right. I, I mean, I guess that's kind of how I look at it. Jeff, Bango, the Racing Sausages and Bernie Brewer are all lifelong Republicans. You didn't know that? This is a joke. And then it says again, Jeff, this is a joke. I'm I'm just kidding. Um, Jeff, welcome to the left. I love your common sense. This is really an absurd issue for people to raise. What's next? Are those I voted stickers illegal too? Um, right. Jeff, um, other localities can't afford to offer the same attraction. Therefore, there's not as much incentive to go to places that can't offer these amenities. Okay, now that's an interesting argument. But at the same time, that that's not the way that, that the law, you know, works. I mean, you have, for example, that the city of Milwaukee, that the law allows them to designate different places as early voting sites. Now, the law limits how long those places can be open. But, you know, the, the fact that, okay, you've got a more attractive and easier to get to place in Milwaukee County, like, let's say, Miller Park to go to to vote, then if... You know, you were trying to vote in, in Rhinelander. There's always going to be that d- distinction. Some polling places are going to be nicer than others. Some polling places are going to be more accessible than others. To me, it's it's not, gee, if you have the racing sausages at Miller Park, do you have to have the racing sausages up at a polling place in Rhinelander? It's, you know, are, are there the polling places? And I guess I just think it's also never bad to do things, again, as long as it's not illegal and as long as it's ethically appropriate, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing stuff that encourages people to go out and, and vote. Not to vote multiple times, not to vote in somebody else's name, not to vote fraudulently, but, you know, I, I think voting is a good thing, period.